Welcome to the Cannabis Supply Chain Podcast. My name is Patrick Aylward. We're hosted by Yacht Solutions, and we're here to engage with our community to understand multiple perspectives in order to make impactful changes through conversation. We appreciate you listening in and tuning. If you'd like to follow and subscribe the podcast, check out Yacht Solutions' webpage and whoever we're interviewing for today's episode. We would really appreciate that, and we thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Cannabis Supply Chain Podcast. My name is Patrick Aylward. We're hosted by Yacht Solutions, and today we have the pleasure of interviewing Devin Alexander of Rolling Relief. How are you doing today, Devin? Doing good, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Um, so to give listeners a little bit about your background, um, it looks like you have done event coordinating and pharmacy tech at um, like one of the big change. And then I know that you were at a dispensary before you started Rolling Relief, right? That's correct. Yes. Okay. I couldn't figure out which dispensary it was. And I kind of wanted to let you speak on your uh, background for a little bit. So if yeah. you could. So it was formerly known as Ermont. Um, E, it's like Vermont without the V. And so that was the seventh medical dispensary to come online in Massachusetts. Um, the name Ermont comes from the owner's two dogs, Ernest and Monty. So we just put their two names together and came up with Ermont. Um, it was eventually acquired by Tilt Holdings. Um, there was some messiness going on around there. They had to pull out of there. Um, and then it got acquired by Mary Med and in Massachusetts they're known as Panacea Wellness. So that's what the dispensary in Quincy is known as of right now. Um, but yeah, before that, I worked in the CBS at the pharmacy tech over in a town called Braintree. It's in the South Shore region, Massachusetts. And um, I'm from the city of Quincy, which is right next to Braintree. So I would see a lot of people that I grew up with, their parents, um, their family members like that. But working at the pharmacy, you know, prepared me really well to excel working in the dispensary as a bartender because, you know, it was basically the same procedures, but it was a much better product and a much better, you know, audience that I'm serving. So with Rolling Relief, was it something where you had been inside the dispensary and you were thinking the whole time, man, people really could benefit from delivery um, or was there like a different um, way that you saw that opportunity for rolling relief? Like how, how did the idea kind of come about from, from uh, those experiences and then jumping into it? Yeah, really just seeing the behind the scenes operations as a dispensary I was working at. And, you know, it was, it was really a mess. I'm not going to lie. Um, seeing people around the show uh, had no passion for the plant, have no idea what they're really doing. You know, that gave me a lot of confidence when, you know, like if you don't like something, you know, do it yourself. And that's the kind of, you know, mindset that I had. And at that same time, they were rolling out the social equity program here in Massachusetts. And, you know, they gave delivery an exclusive window. Um, so we have a three-year window to run adult use delivery operations here in Massachusetts until the larger corporations and MSOs can get into the game. So all those things combined, it's really the perfect storm and COVID, right? COVID happening, you know, placed a premium on delivery services. So we formed the LLC, you know, two months after the pandemic happened. So it was really, like I said, the perfect storm, everything, all the stars aligning. Yeah, I definitely can identify with that. Um, the idea of seeing like an opportunity, um, feeling like you can contribute something to the space and then trying to just kind of like go for it. Um, I know, or I, th I think I know this, um, you helped uh, start the Massachusetts Cannabis Association for Delivery. Is that correct? You helped? That's correct, yes. Um, myself and my man Chris Fevery, who's the CEO of Your Green Package and delivery company here in Massachusetts, 
I served as vice president, you know, back in 2020. And, you know, we were instrumental in helping form the new regulations for what is now known as the marijuana delivery operator license. That's really cool. So um, here in Ohio, we've had like a, a little bit of equity at the beginning of our program. The the owners of that license had had some difficulties. Um, and, and since then, um, I think that I've seen a lot of people talk about different ways to um, find equity in Ohio's program. And recently we had a, a local politician from the Cleveland area come out and speak. Um, and it's definitely an area where Patients of Ohio um, like need to maybe be shown, you know, how to get a hold of their local uh, leaders and how to like show up to those community events. Um, so can you speak on uh, the effort that you put forth and kind of like where it came from and, and how it um, has affected you um, personally and how it's affected Rolling Relief? Because I know that you fought really hard for uh, the position that you guys have and just kind of like getting thing, uh, up, getting things up and running. Yeah, I mean, networking has been one of my major strengths. Um, it was really a weakness starting out. I know I was never this outgoing personality that would be you know, go up in front of an audience and speak on a microphone. Um, that was never me growing up. I was very shy. So, you know, you have to break out of those things, step out of your comfort zone if you really want to achieve your goals. I took uh, public speaking classes with Toastmasters, you know, just trying to sharpen my tools and just trying to get better. And I went to every networking event I could find in Massachusetts. Luckily, um, we have a great community here with a lot of like-minded individuals who really want to see the same things happen. Uh, obviously, we have the Boston Freedom Rally, which is one of the biggest, you know, outdoor gatherings of cannabis on the East Coast. that has been going on since the early 90s. Uh, we have NECAN, one of the largest conventions for cannabis here. So I was very fortunate to just, you know, have this all in my backyard, right, in my home state. Um, should we entitle one of the biggest, you know, well-known cannabis regulators in the industry was, you know, an activist and then one of the first regulators here in Massachusetts. So really just being able to depend on them, really to lean on them, really inspired me and really, you know, helped me start to forge who I am. You know, just every panel I would do, I'd get more confident, every interview, just, you know, just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And so we got to a point where people just see me, knew who I was, knew what I did without me even having to tell them. Um, it's just really just putting in that effort day in and day out. And, you know, it's years, you know, this um, takes time. You know, you got to build it all up brick by brick. And, you know, having that community behind you when you go, you know, when it comes to activism, you know, it's huge, right? Because that's what's really just going to help push everything forward. You can't really spell a community without unity and having everybody as a unified voice when we wanted to change the regulations went a long way and it ultimately led to us getting what we wanted. Even right now, right, um, we're in the midst of a regulatory revision here in Massachusetts and one of the biggest hurdles that we face as a delivery company is the two driver requirement and we have to have two drivers in the vehicle at all times while there's cash and products. Um, the Cannabis Control Commission actually had a meeting today um, and they had it as a big topic of discussion. And, you know, it's not if anymore, it's just when. So, you know, we're just keeping stuff tight, um, advocating when we can, and just trying to always, you know, just show them who we are and what we want to see get done. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're license holders now, we're not just actors anymore. So I feel our, our, voice, our opinions, you know, it's not coming from, you know, projections anymore. You know, we're actually operating. I can show you, you know, this is what's happening. This is what needs to change. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, ever since you and I have kind of like met through the internet and whatnot, I've definitely seen you be involved and see you network and like uh, put put that effort in. So to be able to 
um, feel a little bit fulfilled in that, you know, your voice is being heard and you're on the bottom ground kind of uh, like fighting for every every bit is definitely super helpful. I know that um, the few times we've had a, a couple house meetings here in Ohio, I've seen some of our community leaders get out and, and speak their voice and it's definitely super important. Um, what can you speak to now that you kind of have gotten operational? Um, like what are some of the biggest parts of your supply chain at Rolling Relief? You know, obviously you've got to have a pretty good uh, support team to kind of like make things happen. But, you know, um, you know, having a good car, I would, I would imagine, is one of them. You know, having a good warehouse, is, it might be one of them. I'm not really sure because we don't have delivery services, but kind of speak on, you know, the success of the supply chain that it takes. Well, definitely. Well, the name of the game with delivery is population density, right? So the closer you are to heavily densely populated areas, the better off your services are going to be. So we're in a city called Newton, which is 10 miles west of Boston. So um, our greatest asset is our location. 99% of the time when we get an order, we're there in 30 minutes or less, right? So on top of that, we have to have, you know, a route optimization to make sure we're not, you know, wasting gas and making sure the best of it. Um, we have our e-commerce, which we use as a dispense. We have our point of sale system, Blaze. And, you know, because of, you know, the changes that we fought for, we have the ability to wholesale directly from cultivators and product manufacturers. So our menu is all local people, right? There's no MSO brands. There's no corporate cannabis on all of these menu. When you make a purchase, you support two local businesses with that one purchase. So we have a lot of micro businesses, women-owned businesses, better-known businesses. And that's uh, always, you know, just years of networking and sourcing and traveling across the state and seeing who has what. You know, I've been from here to Nantucket to Western Mass, just traveling all around, um, meeting people, hearing their story, seeing what it took for them to get to the point where they're at. And, you know, that's how we build the network until we build the community. That's really cool. Um, when you talk about, um, like, route optimization and kind of, um, like getting throughout the city, are there any specific hurdles that are to cannabis or kind of, uh, you know, if you picture a delivery um, position, it's pretty straightforward and, and it's similarities. Yeah, I mean, it, we're just heavily regulated, right? And they act like we're delivering plutonium. Um, in addition to the two drivers, there has to be cameras in the vehicle, body cameras on the drivers, um, can carry only on to $10,000 worth of product, can't deliver it to, you know, hotels, federally subsidized housing, universities or colleges. Um, so that's differs, right? If you're an alcohol delivery service, you can be one person, no body camera, deliver to damn near anywhere. So it's just the greatest example of regulation at its finest. That federal housing bit uh, surprises me. I mean, I guess it doesn't in that it's getting federal um, funding, but then the difficulty of just being able to uh, like recognize that ahead of time or even uh, like work around that if you do get a delivery. Um, in regards to the menu, is that something that I, I know that you put it together yourself and, and it's something that you should and are very proud of. Um, do you have like a combination of user experience, relationship, and then kind of seeing what the demographics in your area are looking for? Or is it kind of like one way? All the above, right? So the people that we have on our menu are people that I've known for years um, before they got their license, years before that, and we would talk about we'd all partner together. And thankfully, they were going after different license types. So we live, I mean, we're, we're located in an area where our demographics uh, mostly older folk. 
who enjoy the edibles. Edibles are some of our best sellers and tree rolls. Uh, people don't like to roll, which is don't know how to roll. So I definitely say gummies are our top seller due to our demographic area, for sure. But, you know, we have everything at dispensary has. You know, we have tinctures, topicals, capsules, vapes, concentrates. But, you know, our top sellers are definitely our edibles. Are you guys seeing anything um, different or new uh, in this in this new year uh, as far as edible um, SKUs or um, new variations? I know one of the big sellers here in Ohio uh, is a um, like a soluble powder. It's 600 milligrams of THC in a, a calyx jar and you just kind of like portion it out with one scoop. Um, and then I know I've talk to a few processors who are excited to try and get some popsicles out um, here for the summer. I'm not sure if they made them out, but. Yeah, no, you've seen, obviously the summertime, seen a lot more drinks come online. Um, obviously seltzers are big, people doing green teas, doing lemonades. Um, we even have ice cream out here, you know, uh, we have an ice cream brand called Cloud Creamery that, you know, they found their way to do 50 milligram servings, which is amazing, you know, and that's really helpful. Um, and I think that makes it much better, obviously. You know, we have dosage limits for adult use edibles, not for medical, but, you know, um, people found a way to work around it after all these years. So it's really dope to see. Um, one of my buddies, Amari Anderson, just launched a product called the Bester Lemonade, which we'll be getting on the menu shortly. And they partnered with a product manufacturer out here. He's from Atlanta. So we're definitely starting to see new SKUs and more independent brands for sure. That's exciting. I know. Um, I know the Ohio patient base is is excited for the day that that gets to happen. We see it on the processing side a little bit, just because white labeling is a little bit easier for that, um, but not so much on the on the cultivation. We haven't gotten too many new licenses either. Um, looking to the for looking forward to the future. Um, I know that kind of like switching some of the limitations, like you said, uh, having two drivers in a car, um, having, I mean, two cameras, one on your body, one in the car uh, might be some of the biggest. But what can you think of for our future as delivery service from a Massachusetts standpoint and maybe even, you know, like countrywide, where, where's your head at and, and improvements? One driver, no body cameras the ability to deliver to all municipalities throughout your state, um, exclusive access to these licenses for delivery. Um, and, you know, just having that social equity trust fund as well. We're dealing with that here in Massachusetts and it's taken way too long. Um, obviously one of the biggest barriers is access to capital. So, you know, I'd like to see that. Thankfully we made it through without the fund, but, you know, we're just, one of so many few that made it to the finish line. Um, we were part of the first cohort. We just launched in February. You know, it took us three years to get to this point. So I'd like to just see people go through the process at a much faster pace for sure. Yeah, that would be really great. Um, here in Ohio, we we've got some uh, adult use bills that are coming coming online throughout the fall that I hope to um see get some traction. Um. What is some of your uh, like favorite parts about your experience so far in, in the cannabis space? Just talking about different different things. Being able to legally sell weed and being, you know, uh, cheered on for it. Like, wow, like, great job. I'm like, thank you. Been doing it for a while now. But... <laughs> That's so great. Like, wow, you're, what a bright young entrepreneur you are. Thank you. You know, I've been... Doing, I mean, I'm about to be 30 in September, but I've been doing this since I was you know, 14, 15. So it was, um, it's just really crazy now because back then I was seen as this awful person. But now, um, yeah, 
right entrepreneur doing the same thing being able to choose what's on my menu is really dope um being able one of the biggest things about being a boss being able to choose who i work with right you know if i don't you know like somebody's not going to be there um you know as an employee you have to put up with that as you go we had an annoying co-worker you had to pretty much can't stand but I get to handpick my team. I get to handpick my menu. I get to handpick, you know, where we deliver to. Um, you know, it's really dope. You know, I never really wanted to be my own boss until I started working in cannabis because I knew, I know I could do it. And I knew I had much better ideas than the people that run the show where I was at. And I knew I was passionate and I knew, like, yeah. It really gave me a chance to come into my own to really, you know, exemplify what I'm capable of. Like, before all this, I was mediocre at a lot of things and I'm great at just one particular thing but you know having this as an entrepreneur for cannabis uh, I get to showcase my creativity I get to showcase my knowledge my tenacity my persistence and you know just what I'm capable of really um I had to teach myself a lot and really you know I'm still learning all of this of the game and I'm still just trying to get better every day every week every month and that's just all part of it right um you're never going to be perfect but you know you've got to attempt at it at least Shit, man, that was really cool. I appreciate the uh, the the transparency in that. Um, thinking about um, like some of the stuff that you just said, what in the creative side, uh, like, do you have in your pipeline that you're excited that you'd like to talk about for rolling relief? And then in the same breath, too, from that like kind of lifetime worth of cannabis experience and being kind of like touching the plant in some fashion, you know what um in Ma in the massachusetts market are you really excited about or you know like uh, pulling on or what are you excited to see upcoming maybe cultivars or drinks or um concentrates you know yeah so we're going to have a exclusive partnership with a company called can provisions they have a line of cannabis strains called smash hits so their head grower is um the actual chem dog himself so we have all of his cuts um, so as you, if you know anything about Chem Dog and his legendary strains, um, you know that's going to be really, really exciting stuff coming down in the very near future. Um, being creative over terms, you know, like uh, the clothing line, right? Obviously, it's a little, little thing of roll. You can't even see the little, little bird, but you know, being creative with that, having all these new designs, you know, uh, doing that. We're gonna have you know local collaboration with restaurants. We're gonna have a roll and relief burger coming out. You know, we have a roll and relief beer tripping and fueled IPA. We already have that that we came out with last year. It's gonna come out again this year. Um so just really just doing all that creative stuff and having fun with that and you know doing exclusive strains, exclusive partnerships. I'm all about exclusivity. I think exclusivity is what drives a lot of this, you know, um the license itself and just having the exclusive products and knowing I'm gonna be one of the only few to have those products. That's what I'm really excited about for sure. That's really dope. I definitely um um encourage the the creativity through the exclusivity i definitely think that um you can for sure see that amongst all the brands here in ohio who have have put that work in and kind of tried to find when i hear exclusivity i kind of think of like the niche market that you're going for and you know finding the, the group of people that is your buyers if you will and we've got uh one or two brands out here that have have done that really well um and it's cool to see that you're finding different ways beyond just, you know, selling rolling relief, uh, like doing the burger thing is, is really cool. Um, I can't, can't lie. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, so, uh, like finishing up what, um, I always give guests a moment to shout out whatever brands that they're kind of, 
um, partnering with or coworkers that they're looking for. So, you know, what's going on in your world that you want to uh, give some recognition to? Yeah, shout out to uh, River Run Gardens, a micro business in Newburyport, Mass. Um, suppliers with some of our fires flower. Uh, shout out Impressed LLC, another local cultivator down in Hanson, Mass. Father and daughter's team I've known for years. Uh, Coach Cannabis, first woman to own an independent product manufacturer here to make our chocolate bars and our gummies. Uh, Cannon Provisions, holding us down. Uh, Nova Farms, doing their thing. Um, Green K Collective. You know, they partnered with House of Cultivar so, uh, and Cookies. So they're supplying cookie strains here and all cultivar strains in Massachusetts. So they're really, really dope stuff. Uh, my homie Ross Bradshaw, CEO of uh, New Deer, going to open up a dispensary literally right across the street from Fenway Park. Like, here's Fenway Park. Here's his shop. Like, no no kidding. Like, he's going to kill it. I'm so excited for him to get going. It's going to be really super dope. Um yeah, you know, there's a lot of good people in this space. Um, and uh, I think that's what makes it so fun is, you know, a lot of these people, even after, you know, I'm not going to be doing this my entire life, owning a business. I'll be involved in the industry somewhere, but I'm not going to own a business when I'm in my 40s, you know. But a lot of these people that I meet along the way, you know, I still want to stay in touch with and still, you know, hang out with and still be, you know, community with after I don't own a business anymore. So it's really just dope. There's a lot of dope people here. And I'm just grateful for it all. Love to hear it. I, I feel the same way and um, continuing to kind of just like uh, broaden my horizons and, and meet more people um, through this space and, and through this um, avenue has been an absolute blast and I really enjoy everybody I get to uh, meet. It's been really cool. Um, but shoot, I appreciate your time and I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thanks for coming out tonight. Yeah, no doubt, man. Thank you. Yeah.